Hello, friends, and thank you for subscribing to the Defining Marriage podcast. Every week, just about, James and I talk about what's going on in our lives and in Europe and with marriage and everything. So, hi, James. How's everything? Has anybody taken you to a long, thin, winding stairway without any banister and thrown you down it and served you cockroaches right out of a canister? (laughs) That's such a wonderful poem, and I don't know if you wrote it or if it's Edgar Allan Poe. Chim chimney, chim chim churu. Or if it's a lost line from... I shall scream, bumble bumble. Oh, oh, it's from Oliver, isn't it? Uh, But Matthew, where is love? Where is love? If you pick a pocket or two, you'll get every color of the hanky code, and you'll also get uh, dysentery. Is this what you're imagining my time in in London is? You're just picturing me as uh, a, a chimney sweep or an Oliver urchin? Yes, I think you're a sea urchin that has has washed up on the shore of uh, a hole in the world like a big black pit, and it's filled with people who are filled with love. Where is love? I I, it's, yeah. I am washed up. That much is true. Oh, uh, oh, uh, what what shore have you washed up upon? Let the people know where this is. The travel log show. This is the, uh, the the great gay travel show. Where are you? Where in the world is Carmen Matthew Baum go? I'm like Phineas Fogg in that I am a London man today. So I was here for Pride and also spent oh. some time uh, chatting with some people about gamer stuff and had oh. a lovely dinner with some friends today and also wound up uh, in a Portobello Road situation. So uh, London has been really lovely. It is a beautiful, mm. beautiful city with a few very weird people in it. This smoking woman who's demanding that someone tell her where the bus station was. And so I guess all the... Smoking a cigarette, or she had just uh, spontaneously combusted? She is just pouring out of her. I mean, that just sounds like San Francisco transit. Yeah, I I guess when people have have these accents... Do you remember the man with the kimono full of shit? I don't, but I remember you telling me about it. And I was not the only one who rode the bus, the the Muni bus in San Francisco, with a man who wore a kimono, and it was kind of tied at the the wrists, and and, and the lower section was tied. And it just smelled like the kimono, and looked like the kimono was full of some substance, and, and the odor coming off of it, the odor, Matthew, oh, oh, oh. Oh, Jackie-o, that odor, it stank of shit it did, Matthew, the kimono man. And he rode the bus, and he would just make eye contact with people and, and smile. The eye contact, yeah. I don't know I don't know which is worse. Like, smelling of shit is not great, but making eye contact no. with strangers is even worse. That's the greatest crime. It is, it is. And only one person I would can take... solve it. That's Sherlock Holmes, that jackass. Oh, that, yes, you are no friend to him anymore. No, well, so I walked around a little bit uh, yesterday, and I came upon Baker Street, and then I walked all the way down to the end to see 221 Baker Street, 221B. Uh, That's -hmm. where they have a Sherlock Holmes museum. Okay, so I was there at night, so, like, everything was closed, and people weren't really walking around. So we rode by in a bus this morning, and, I mean, even early in the day, there was a long line. There was, like, hundreds of people waiting to get into the Sherlock Holmes museum. They wanted to meet Robert Downey Jr. Matthew, yeah. what what kind of uh, sex did he have with his sidekick? Uh, Sherlock Holmes? I assume yeah. he like, used the pipe in some way. Matthew, he had alimentary, my dear Watson. Wait. 
he used the the mouth hole and the bum hole. He used the alpha and the omega of the human digestive tract. Yeah. Alimentary, my dear Watson. And then he'd uh, make uh, make Mrs. What was her name? Mrs. Thimblebottom. <laughs> Mrs. Yes. Uh, she was Mrs. literally Tushroot. had a thimble on her butt. Well, in there to keep everything, uh, all the secrets Mrs. locked Hudson. away within. Hudson, yes, of course. Like Hudson knew she's the one who invented that airport situation. She uh, was the fluffer. <laughs> sure, she got. She made sure Holmes was ready. I guess I don't know. Maybe she made sure Watson was ready. It's hard to say. James, well, I did... but I mean, whoever needed it. So you went to the museum at night while it was closed. Yes, and then you rode by it during the day. Yes, that's correct. Okay, what have you done in London that you've actually gone into <laughs> and experienced? Uh, so Pride was the big thing, of course. Oh, what was that like? It was. Uh, it was a zoo. Uh, extremely. Oh my. Organized. Are you sure you didn't just go to the zoo? Yeah, I suppose I could have just looked at some, I don't know, Her Majesty's Elk or something. Uh, it was much more organized than many other prides that I've been to. So everyone uh, walks very slowly down the street and the crowds cheer. It's much more corporate than other prides that I've been to. So lots of brands and things, but also a lot of like little local independent groups. What um, kind of brands? Jaffa Cakes? No, actually. I, th- the Not brand, sponsored by Jaffa Cakes. Yeah, they should have been a little bit more British, shouldn't they? I mean, there was I think there was a British mm. bank float in there, and there were some other things, like there was a Tesco. So that's pretty Ooh. British. What about digestive, speaking of, of the alimentary love holes? I did not see any floats sponsored by digestives. But tell me more about Crinkle Wet. Oh, yes. Why did you go there? So I, uh, for a variety of reasons, I'm staying in a very nice oh. place and staying in an Airbnb. So I came to photograph Pride and also to shoot some footage of Kitty Powers, the delightful drag mm-hmm. queen who has made Kitty Powers Matchmaker and Kitty Powers Love Life, uh, some romantic video games starring her as as uh, Kitty, the, the the person who runs a matchmaking, drag queen who runs a matchmaking agency, uh, and is also mm. the drag persona of uh, Richard, who uh, owns the Studio Magic Notion that has made the game. I so, see. What, uh, a, what a tale. I hung out with uh, Richard in his hotel room as he got into face. It was a very drag race scenario where it was him, mm. you know, puffing his face and powdering his bottom in front of a mirror and talking about his life and his childhood and his hopes and dreams. And we got some very pretty footage of uh, Richard's transformation into a woman. Not, not a real woman, of course, a clown woman. Uh, and then following him oh, down sure. the street. Uh, so there was no way to get Richard to the start of the parade in a vehicle. So he had to walk from the hotel to the start of the parade. And uh, it, it was pretty marvelous uh, videotaping the reactions of humans as they walk in the opposite direction. And do, you know, the urban city thing of I'm not going to look, I'm not going to look, but also I'm going to kind of look, but I'm not looking. Sure. What else did I see in the parade? Uh, the London Gamers were there. Okay, so mm. get this. There yeah, is. I'll get it. There is apparently a bit of a rivalry because there was London Gamers, the group, and yes. they do all kinds of geeky stuff. They board games and video games, and they have lots of events. They do about 70 events a year. So they've been existing for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden, this group of uh, other gays got together and they were like, Hello, we are a new group, uh, and we are called London Gamers. And so... Ah, uh, the same name. The same name. Now they go by LDN Gamers. That's okay. still very similar. It really is, yeah. Yeah, so I was in the, My you know, goodness. wandering around in the parade, 
And I came upon LDN Gamers, and I was like, mm. oh, this must be that London Gamers group that I've been chatting with. Because I was chatting with one of the people with London Gamers, and I had find, ah. found LDN Gamers. And so they were like, yay, video games. And there were a lot of cosplayers, and there were a lot of people who were scantily clad. And one of them recognized me from my videos, and he wanted to give me a hug. And he was dressed uh, – he was, he was make-upped as Darth Maul, so he was naked with, like, body paint on as Darth Maul. And I was a little afraid to oh. hug him in case the paint would wear off but, or rub off, but it didn't. Anyway. What if you had become Darth Maul? What if he hugged you and you you pulled back and you were the devil faced man? Oh, that's you were how both devil faced men. Oh, yeah. I see. Oh, that would it's be passion. an erotic transformation for the ages, wouldn't it? It would. So uh, I took photos of them and chatted, la di da, and did, did got some videos, some B roll of them mm-hmm. doing their march, and then I was like, goodbye. And it turned out it was the wrong people. And so then I continued up. Uh, you know, I was going contra flow in the parade, so I was starting at the beginning and walking against oh. the flow up to the end. Uh, sure, and so at, at one point I got to just two people who were just kind of marching on their own and they were holding a sign mm. that said London gamers. And I was like, oh. oh, are you a different group of only two people or did you get separated? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we got separated. And I was like, oh, well, the other group is like many floats ahead of you. So you might be able to catch up with them if you want, uh, but they're mm-hmm. way up ahead. Goodbye. And so I kept walking, kept walking, kept walking. And then I came upon London gamers, the original group, and they were not quite so cosplayed, but they were wearing London gamer shirts and their branding was a little bit more on point. And so I was like, what? Hello. What's going on? And they're like, mm. Oh, it's, it is us London gamers. And I was like, Oh, weird, because I encountered another group of London gamers. And they're like, no, that wasn't us. That was LDN gamers. <laughs> you Now, you, you know, you know how I love when subcultures do this, because they all do it, whether it's yep. the leather men or the furries or the alt-sex fetish robots. Oh, or the merge, the, the, the clown and the, the worst. Sexy emergency room, whatever, whatever your your particular brand they every every subgroup does this thing uh especially uh, i mean just anything with a with a heavy online presence the all right i'm shutting it down we're splitting up we're splinter groups we're all gonna write blogs about how we hate each other and divorce and who gets what friends and who gets to be part of what group it's it's oh human beings you sons of bitches aren't you glorious <laughs> i think my favorite example of that is probably the bell ringers you know how like the bell ringing community for a long time had a schism about what kind of handle on the bell you use whether it has a bump or it doesn't have a bump yeah so anyway so the i, I mean dr seuss wrote a delicious <laughs> a delicious satire of man's foibles about uh, the bellies and uh, also the holocaust Yes, yeah, so, and it's in Gulliver's Travels as well. Uh, you know, it's that sure. thing of like we always have to find something to be the enemy of. Anyway, what is that? That's where you which which butt cheek you butter. It's what butt cheek you butter exactly, and then, mm-hmm. then you lick the butter off and you say, "Mmm," and then it's an egg. Uh, what was I saying? Oh. Yeah. So anyway, so I got some footage of yeah. both gamer groups. Uh, My and goodness. Then I went to a gamer thing today. The London mm. gamers were having an event at a delightful pub called uh, Secret Weapon a video oh. game it's kind of a barcade it's more mm-hmm. of just a come in drink play some games take some boxes off the shelf uh it was a lot of um board game stuff but they also had some monitors set up where you could play uh they had overwatch and they had rocket league and uh they're doing a little rocket league tournament and that was very nice 
and I got some footage of people. And then there was a um, in the hallway. There's like this narrow hallway out to the beer garden where they don't want people to congregate because it's kind of unsafe. Uh, and okay. so there was a big sign that said um, uh, "Spawn Point, no camping." Uh, so that Aww. was yes, that was a nice Very little nice. dorky reference. Did uh, they have bubble bobble? I don't think. Well, so the oh. event today was sponsored by Xbox, so everything ah. was rather Microsoft branded. So all of the sure. PlayStation stuff was discreetly covered. Um, oh, I see. Yes. Interesting. The um, person who was running the event was uh, another thing that made her very British was just her um, deadpan, la- deadpan lamentations about how wrong everything was going. Um, sure. That is something that I've delighted in here is, uh, is this is something that you told me about is that uh, British people uh, seem to bond with each other by commiserating about how awful everything is. Uh, well, I, you know, that is how I grew up and uh, in insults and misery, mm. uh, insults and misery. And I was going to try to put a happy face on that, but no, really, it's really just insults and misery. But uh, I, I have found that that is a social lubricant and that it, amongst those I interacted with, which may be a, a you know, not a representative sample. It may be that I am simply drawn to those who are lubricated by insults and misery. Uh, you know, I will say, like, I arrived at the Airbnb, and there was a bit of a fuss, because um, I was on my way from the airport, I was on the National Express bus, and uh, mm. the Airbnb host had warned me that he's going to be out of the country while I'm here, but his friend James will be checking me in. And oh. so I'm heading over, and I was like, what if what if it turned out to be you, James, James, my love, and this was a surprise <laughs> for how you were going to surprise me in England. That would be oh. absurd and uh, ridiculous, and I, I didn't actually yes. believe that would happen, but I was fantasizing about how fun that would be. <laughs> anyway. Uh, would it be fun? Okay, yes. go on. Yes, it would. I would like to spend some time in London with you. Anyway. Sure. So I'm, I'm nearly here, and I'm actually, like, I'd just gotten off the bus and was walking. It was like a 10-minute walk with my, like, 75 pounds of luggage. And mm. I get an Airbnb message from the host, and he's like, ooh, I can't reach James, but hopefully he should be there. I'll let you know. And I was like, oh, boy. So mm-hmm. I get close to the place, and sure enough, I ring the bell, and no answer. And so then my host is like, oh, no, he thought that you were arriving tomorrow. He'll be there in an hour. So, mm. uh, boy. So I just went to a coffee shop and had a scone and uh, put my things down. And then he checked me in, and everything was fine, and the apartment's very nice. But I was in the the um, bedroom, and James, the uh, host person, uh, I could hear him on the mm. phone uh, with somebody else, like talking about checking me in. And he was like, "Oh yes, yes, I'm just mopping the floors right now." And there was a pause, and he said, "It's been a nightmare." <laughs> it was it was pretty wonderful. It was, it was, it was C3PO. C3PO. Yes, it was just so British and, and delightful. But it hasn't been a nightmare. It's been quite nice. The apartment that I'm staying with. Uh, I would uh, describe the decor as art gay. Uh, my host apparently mm. is some sort of visual artist and performing artist. And so there's just like shelves full of art supplies and strange paintings on the walls. And uh, it feels actually very San Francisco in that uh, I'd say it's probably sure. from around the same same time as some of those nice 1800s uh, Victorians in uh, San Francisco. So, But here when you say Victorian, you, you're much closer to actual Victoria. Oh, sure. I mean, the place where I stayed when I was there had a, uh, a, a giant picture of her in the stairwell. Well, there you go. As they are yes. required to have in every home here. I guess so. Uh, I was staying in what they refer to as Harry Potter's cupboard. Good grief. 
It was a, a small room at the top of the staircase, kind of cut into the staircase, that was uh, sort of three levels. It was not meant to be a room, so the floor had sort of three different levels to it and a little bed. It was very, it was, it was perfectly fine, and I got to see that broad staring down at me every morning as I went down for my scones. This was... Um, multiple townhouses that were fused together and i think this room bridged the gap between two of them so you had like the floor level on one side and then this hump that went over where they bridged it and then like a different floor level on the other side yes yes that does seem to be the architectural style is uh we're gonna work with what we've got sure well, well you know they keep calm and carry on yeah so i saw dinosaurs today uh i went up and well, I- I met with uh, Matt Haggis. Uh, so we had some drinks, and then uh, we went and we had some uh, Indian food, and then we went for a walk through the Crystal Palace, which doesn't oh. exist. Oh. What? There was Wh- a Crystal what? Palace at one point, oh. and then it burned down, and now it's just an empty park, but it's still called Crystal Palace, even though there's no uh. palace or no, and no crystal. So we walked mm. through that. And uh, it was a Victorian, uh, like, World's Fair kind of thing. And so this was around the time that dinosaurs were being learned about, but uh, there wasn't a lot of information. So they have these statues Mm. of dinosaurs that are wildly incorrect. Uh, They look kind of like scaly mammals, really. But uh, it's... uh, Oh, my God. And there's one of them that has a neck, like... It's like a dolphin body and then a a neck that is like a full snake. So imagine... (laughs) Yeah. It's just bonkers. Um, it, it's so I that's t- like when you're making a creature out of out of play doh or something, uh-huh. and it, and it gets like too stretched, and 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 you're just trying to pull the head off, and you just end up with it with a tube. Yeah, those are kind of the highlights from from when I've been here. Oh, oh and I didn't even tell you about this. Uh, I went to yes. Brick Lane today with Tom, so we were like, oh, let's get dim sum in the morning. So we took the train to a nice place. Mm. We rode on a double decker bus. And then Ooh. we arrive, and it's like a big street fair, flea market, art show, food stall thing. Crowds mm-hmm. packed in, and all the buildings are old brick warehouses. So it was very atmospheric and lovely. Uh, I had, uh, what did I have? I had a duck burger. So it was oh. just a bunch of, like, pulled huh. duck meat that slapped onto a grill oh. with some goat cheese and some okay. rocket. Uh, and uh, it was on a brioche, and it had mm-hmm. a, a chutney. And it was very good. Interesting. And Tom that, had some. Caribbean that is an food. interesting combination. That sounds good. It was very uh, good. When yes. you said a duck burger, I I thought about Duck Man between two slices of bread, and I was like, ugh. Uh, but that sounds like one of those duck buns, but uh, burgered. And then you said with a chutney. Mm-hmm. So that was there sort of an Indian influence because I found that the Indian fusion there was quite tasty. I don't know. I don't think so. It was definitely mm. a French oh, okay. man at the grill. Um, was it Justin Trudeau? Yes, yes. Famous Frenchman Justin Trudeau. He gets around. What about Gary Trudeau? Yep, it was the the two of them. They're Sure, I mean they're both interchangeable in that regard. Not many people One know can this, do either job. Yes, uh, cartoonist Gary Trudeau has a beautiful ass. He does. In fact, that's how he draws his cartoons. He puts <laughs> a pen between the cheeks and scoots around. Yep. Just like the the do you remember, artists. Do you remember that little scooter you could get on Nickelodeon? It was basically just a bicycle seat with wheels that you sat on. What? What? <laughs> there was a scooter. There was no. a scooter, and I can't remember the name of it. No, nope. but it was a bi- it was a bicycle seat, like a, like a big like one of those wide ones, like when you got the big ass. James, I got the big ass, I so I know about the this, bicycle seat. But what? a bicycle seat with wheels is yeah. a bicycle. 
<laughs> no, no, no. Because it wasn't elevated. It just, the wheels were directly wait, attached to the seat. Was it? Okay. Wait, stop. So you sat basically were they bicycle on the street. Wheels? Because right now I'm imagining no. like two big bicycle wheels with like a seat suspended by, between them like a hammock. No, no, no. It was like a big wide, like one of those like bicycle seats that looks more like a lacrosse net, catchy, a catchy stick you know how at the end of the stick not lacrosse high lie matthew let's not talk about lacrosse anymore you can't get it out of your mind no high lie okay so it looks like, like one urinal? of those high lie baskets what like a urinal shape yes it was like a urinal shape but it, it had like roller skate wheels and it sat on the ground James, and you would sit what on, you would sit in the high lie basket on on it as though it were a bicycle seat and it had like little roller skate wheels and it had like a little handle to hold and the idea was you you kind of wiggled back and forth and you would move theoretically i don't know how it was meant to work i would see the children moving on the seat on the ground and it was it was some sort of witchcraft because what on earth what what power of physics is propelling them forward this was the segue of our generation and i can't believe you don't remember it was this some trick that someone cooked up to get you to sit in a urinal on bicycle wheels no one had to trick me into sitting in a urinal <laughs> okay i just let's see I, I, um so it was like an 80s wiggle bike i don't even it know what to 80s, google to... it was an 80s wiggle device uh I'm looking at what you're describing, and it looks fucking ridiculous. Wait, 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 wait. You're trying to trick me. Roller racer. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it. There we go. Roller racer. What the hell and is then this it thing? evolved. There we go. <laughs> How does this work? It doesn't work. Why would you do this? Are you looking at the roller racer commercial from the 80s? Roller racer 1987. So All there's right. a puppet man at the very beginning. Did you see the puppet man at the very beginning? Hold on, hold on. What the fuck is that? Yeah, who is he? That is like Kimmy Schmidt, where there's a puppet amongst humans that is not addressed. Oh god, the saddest thing about this commercial is the adults who seem to be into it? Yup. Oh my god, and there's like a, like a derby going on? Yes, at a carnival. They've penned all the children in? Chrome handlebars, mm-hmm. non-marring. Ooh, and it's got skate wheels. I mean, oh, did God. I tell you any lies about this thing? This is all true. I can't believe this is real. The fuck is and this? And how thing? does it work? Matthew, I you ride a you are the devil that rides a bicycle. Only fifty four ninety five? Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, only three easy payments of fifty four ninety five. That's not true. Okay, it's fifty five bucks plus ten dollars shipping and handling. Fifty five. Don't forget seven percent sales tax. Oh my God! Yes, uh, for Ontario residents. Hmm. Uh. Okay. So like. $65 times 7% in like yeah. 1987 dollars that's like 100 bucks easily but for a durable product where you sit in a urinal i mean the urinal description was actually quite apt you sit in a in a urinal and you hold a little handlebar and and somehow you move it's a little urinal on the floor with roller skate wheels now i don't know why xanadu didn't feature this product but did you see that they updated it in the 90s to turn it into a segway i didn't that's incredible the roller racer now this uh, this i've only just discovered looking at it now but the roller racer like a pikachu into a raichu evolved into the roller rider which is the roller racer but you stand on it 
Uh-huh. And it's got a stick that you hold. Okay, so I just pu- plugged it into the inflation calculator. Uh, if in 1987 you purchase an item for $65, then in 2017 that item would cost 140 bucks. Seems about right. I- well, I'm watching the Roller Rider now, and I mean, it just looks like a very bad scooter. One that would hurt your back very, very badly because the thing you hold on to is so low that these children look like they are hurting themselves trying to hold it. Oh, no. This is... Okay, first of all, it looks like a vacuum cleaner. Like, it looks like a child has hopped onto a vacuum cleaner and just, like, escaped like they just robbed a bank and this is their getaway vehicle. It might be. This looks incredibly unsafe. This is the original baby driver. So no. the steering wheel, like, this is an impressive accomplishment. The steering wheel is too low for children. Yes, so correct. So all these children are, like, hunched over. Oh, my yep. God. This is like, these kids are hunched over like they're they're on walkers. Like, they're using walkers. Yes, yeah, they look like adults who need assistance moving around. Um, or, or they look like adults trying to play on a child's toy. Get a grim glimpse of your future, children, of toys that don't fit. Exactly. The future is toys that don't fit. Wow. But Roller Racer, 1987, uh, you sit in a urinal and you kind of shift your weight back and forth. Uh, First comment on the Roller Racer video. Ah, the reason I didn't have skin on my knuckles from ages six to (gasps) nine. Oh, God. The next comment, $54. That's a dick load of cash, even now for something like that. Um, so... (laughs) There's another comment that says... I am one mine right now and use my feet, not hands. <laughs> okay, that's an alien. <laughs> I think what they mean is they are on theirs right now and use their feet, but not their hands. To type the um, comments? <laughs> apparently. Apparently they were typing on their phone with their feet ah, one year ago. Amazing. We have said nothing about marriage yet, and I suppose no, we should you, probably you've got a, do a lot bit of, that. of editing to do. There, yes. uh, there'll be a little bit. There'll be a little bit. Listeners, there, let me know mm-hmm. if if you're entranced by this. Um, what the the podcast has become the travelogue and YouTube review show, where we watch a video that you can't see and then just laugh about <laughs> things that you have no idea what we're looking at. It's our little secret. I'll never tell. That's what makes the show so good that I won't actually even tell you. All right. Okay. What, what what's the scoop? Uh, the what 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 indeed? Uh, so um, there's been a number of uh, small things recently. Uh, one of them is that it looks like uh, in Australia. If we can talk uh, talk about Australia for just a moment, uh, oh, nothing. The legislators who want marriage equality to happen are kind of starting to revolt. Uh, there was mm. one last week who was recorded saying to some people at like a fundraiser or something, he was like, a marriage equality popular vote is going to happen sooner than you think. Uh, which okay. is surprising given that all, you know, everyone in power is saying like, no, 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 we're still doing the plebiscite. That's still the plan. Uh, and then recently this week, uh, another legislator, uh, has just started writing a marriage equality bill that he's going to try to get in front of people for a, a parliamentary vote. Um, so they're just they're just going for it. Uh, party be damned. Is is there any likelihood of of that moving forward? Mm, it seems like now I don't know exactly how these things work. Uh, sure. And I think what is required is that the party has to vote on whether they're going to vote for it. And so that does seem unlikely because the official party line right now is no, 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 plebiscite, plebiscite. But uh, 
I don't know. I think it's I think it's telling that the politicians themselves are like, what are we waiting for? Why are we doing this? Well, some are, some are, yeah. but you know, I mean, the whole point of the plebiscite, if, it, if the point of the plebiscite is to confirm what the, the, the public wants, I mean, another way to do that would maybe be to put a bill forward and just see what people say. Yeah. Yeah. Just let the actual people vote. Like, you know, the, the legislators well, not, make laws. Yeah. 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 And then, I mean, if, if a big portion of Australia freaks out, that can be part of the public debate. But it sounds like uh, they won't. Probably not. So we'll see where this goes. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I mean, the- like we're not doing a plebiscite on our on our shitty healthcare whatever is happening oh boy yeah i mean um, there's all number of things you could do a plebiscite on why why does right. marriage why is that the thing that everybody has to have a say in right like i mean it's not like bills that that may be unpopular or may upset people have some special extra layer of of polling official government polling like the bill is put forward and then people react to it and like yeah why is marriage equality getting this special extra layer like the, we have plenty of things where like why don't we do a plebiscite about about whatever the healthcare thing is that no one's read right yeah a national budget or i don't know whether we should go to mars because they don't want nobody wants to be responsible for marriage uh they've kind of gotten stuck in this plebiscite thing and it's going to be hard to get out of it i don't understand why it's hard to get out of it because it seems like support is is there so uh but okay i mean fair enough i mean the thing that they keep saying is we campaigned on the promise that we would do a plebiscite and we won and so we can't break our promise now okay but what if the constituents say you know we voted for you for a bunch of reasons and the plebiscite wasn't a very important one like we don't care like we liked your other things the plebiscite was just kind of in there right yeah yeah uh, that certainly seems to be the case. And so, I mean, I don't know how to make that any clearer than the multiple repeated surveys that just say everyone wants marriage equality to happen. Please make it happen. Sure, sure. And and the people who don't like it, I'm sure, will be vocal about it if if a bill is put forward. And then you have your, your debate and, you know, whatever. I, like, I, I don't know. Like, does anyone think that they're not going to get reelected because there was no plebiscite? Like, is it really that... Uh, maybe maybe in some places maybe that is an issue but uh i don't know it it doesn't seem like uh people would be coming with with torches and pitchforks if they didn't get their plebiscite mm-hmm. i i think it's just a case of uh politicians have for one thing other priorities and also sure this is the this was the plan for them and it's hard to change direction on uh, big issues so uh, I think the plebiscite was an idea that was floated a couple of years ago when it was uh, less fashionable to be in favor of marriage equality. And okay. nobody wants to be seen as having changed their mind uh, because, God forbid, uh, you um, alter you, you know, your okay. position in the face of changing evidence and attitudes. Right. That old that old humbug. OK, yeah. OK, sure. Right. You can't you can't flip flop. You yep. can't evolve or respond to changing circumstances beautiful another another point for the humans well done dummies 
Uh, so let's see, what else have we got going on? Uh, we've got uh, various marriage equality things around Europe. Obviously, Germany has legalized marriage equality now, and there's a small group mm-hmm. of conservatives who are trying to file a lawsuit to stop them, but they will almost definitely be unsuccessful. Um, I see. Some su- surprisingly, some good news in Armenia. It has. Well, it's, uh, it shares homeland, oh, isn't it? Yes. Uh, now uh, we'll recognize uh, same sex marriages performed in other countries. Uh, hmm. So it, it joins Estonia, the only other uh, former Soviet uh, Soviet state that uh, recognizes marriages from abroad between same-sex couples. Um, so, I mean, that's a step. It's not huge, but uh, Armenia and Estonia now uh, recognize uh, if, you, if you get married and married somewhere and come back, then hooray, you're married. Will they be celebrating with a share stamp? Oh, that would be lovely. I mean, who better to go on that stamp? If you could mail back time. Uh, so Armenia legalized homosexuality. You could be arrested for uh, having gay sex in Armenia uh, up until oh, 2003 uh, when they legalized it. Same year that it, uh, it was actually a year before we legalized it in this country. So it's been homosexuality has mm-hmm. been longer, been legal in Estonia longer than, uh, no, I'm sorry, Armenia. Homosexuality has been legal in Armenia longer than it's been legal in the United States. Somehow that's not surprising. Malta is probably going to vote on marriage equality next week. They've got a bill that uh, had a second reading. It's going to get a final vote on July 12th. Uh, Mm. According to uh, news reports, uh, one of the stumbling blocks was a protest from a restaurant group that was concerned that nobody would take their mothers out to dinner anymore if marriages were seen as gender neutral. Mm, uh, mm, Oh, boy, did they unpack that? That's fascinating. Uh, I'm not sure if it was actually a restaurant group that was making that claim or some group of, like, weirdos who were trying to stop marriage equality and that was the argument that they went with. I mean, I would just love to hear them get into the weeds about how that actually works. Yes. How gender-neutral marriage, what what the cause and effect relationship (laughs) is between that and people not taking their mothers out to dinner. I, I mean... If anything, gay men taking their mothers out to dinner. I mean, what what could be more homosexual than that? That's true. A mother will have the pureed uh, tartare. Ooh. Oh, God, pureed tartare. That sounds... Yes. I mean, that's just... She wants it raw, uh-huh. but she doesn't want to have to bite it because she left her teeth in her other vagina. As uh, a great gay man once said, a boy's best friend is his mother. So this would, I think, only encourage mother-boy outings. Absolutely. And, and this is a land of, of Maltese dogs and falcons, primarily, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, first of all, they made a gay dog. The bird is, the bird is, a, the bird is a very butch bird, but they made a gay dog. And so if they don't get with the program and let the men take their mothers out to dinner and then marry the ass of their boyfriend, then I don't know what planet i'm living on they made a gay dog matthew i you're look at it look at its face look into the dog's eyes and tell me there isn't a homosexual passion therein what what dog the maltese which oh 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 gosh the maltese dog i was having james this is one of those situations where you sent me on a journey that i'm not quite prepared to follow which one? Did you go to Marlon Brando's uh, A Bubbly Bath? Yes, yes. Uh, someone questioned the plausibility of me not remembering Marlon Brando's name, which, I mean, come on. 
you you know, I've forgotten more famous people than that. You've forgotten more famous people than most people will uh, remember. I've forgotten more famous people than have actually been famous. That may be. Anyway, I, yeah, I've forgotten people that don't exist is basically what I'm what I'm trying to say. Uh, many, many, in fact. Uh, yes. You conjure them out of the ether and then immediately forget them. Um, and uh, my last little bit of marriage news is uh. Uh, the guy. This is this is obscure. So the mm. the lawyer who represented the couple that sued Kim Davis. Okay. That lawyer is now running for the uh, U.S. House of Representatives for uh, Kentucky. No, yeah, Indiana. Yeah, surprising. Uh, well, whatever. Yeah. No, no, Beings. he's the good guy. He's the good one. Oh, is he? He oh. was the guy. Yeah, so this what? is super com- complicated. What? He's the lawyer who represented the couple that sued Kim Davis. Oh, I thought you were saying it was her lawyer, because I, I would expect all those people who are giving her pro bono gratis uh, gravitas... I would expect them to be oozing into every nook and cranny now, being like, we supported... Uh, although I guess they didn't win, so maybe that's not the strongest. Yeah, they've got uh, they've got other things going on anyway. These, they're all Liberty Council sure. people. Or was it Liberty Council or uh, Alliance Defending Freedom? There, it was one of those usual suspects that this is just what they do. Um, oh, I see. But so this guy... Uh, I'm sorry, I, 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 I must confess, Matthew, the reason I wasn't paying close attention to that yes. is I was looking at all the permutations of Roller Racer. <laughs> You're still you're, the, the heavy duty sit skate. James, do you want me? Do you want me to make you one? No, I really don't. I really, really don't. There are multiple people talking about how it ground up their knuckles because uh, your knuckles are basically up against the concrete while you're operating this horrible device. Yeah, it is basically. It's like if you took a bicycle and changed it so that you're you're like riding it upside down, like your hands are pedaling the pedals, like you have to grip the pedals. So that you're mm-hmm. like just millimeters from the pavement. That's yes. that's what they've developed here. Congratulations! It's the devil's bicycle. The devil's bicycle. Uh, that I think will be the title of this episode. It'll be the title of my autobiography. So we've pretty much covered everything. Are you the devil or the bicycle? I'm a little of both. But tell me this, Herman. Wait a minute. So the Kim Davis man, the yes. man who said no no wants to run for the house of representatives yes so his name who is is, he running against his oh well dan cannon is his name and he Mm. is running against trey hollingsworth uh Mm. so trey hollingsworth basically bought the seat uh that he has right now he's not actually from kentucky he just bought it is it just a roller racer seat yes um i keep saying that it's kentucky it's not it's kentucky it's indiana uh so Trey Hollingsworth is from Tennessee and just like rented a condo and then ran for office and spent like millions of his own money to, you know, buy this, the seat. And now, uh, mm-hmm. this guy who represented the gay couple, uh, Dan Cannon, uh, is running for office as an actual person who, you know, lives there and knows people in the state and has their best interests at heart. Okay. Well, what are his chances? I mean, is that a district that is gerrymandered to the point that it's whatever? Like, whatever. Yeah. So, like Have most fun districts, running. it probably is. I, I'm not okay. 100% sure. I don't really know. Uh, I do know that they are also running against an orthodontist named Todd Curtis. Okay. And, and what is he running on? A free tooth cleaning for every boy? Uh, yep. He wants to just give... I know that's not what orthodontists do. He, he'll rearrange your jaw and it'll hurt so bad. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I've met a lot of people here, for some reason, with Invisalign. 
Anyway, so that fascinating bit of news is pretty much all I have to share with you at this <laughs> point. Okay. Uh, that's the latest from the Travelogue 80s commercial recap orthodontia uh, news hour. No, I'm not kidding, Matthew. I think the last few podcasts have been lousy. Uh, I think this one is going to need substantial editing. Okay. I'll snip out the boring bits. Uh, but sure. I'll, I'll make some roller racer can stay in. Oh, yes. The roller racer is important. If if people come away from this entire podcast endeavor with nothing else, it's that the roller racer was a terrible idea in the 1980s. It was a urinal you could sit in on the ground and grind your hands into the concrete, and it would move you a little bit. So uh, I think that's I've I've got my work cut out for me uh, when it comes to trimming this episode. Uh, sure. So I better I better snap to it because it's getting late. It's almost 1 a.m. where I am, and oh, I would like goodness. to get to bed at a reasonable hour. Sure. Which, I mean, it's too late for that. 1 a.m. is not a reasonable hour, so uh, that, 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 my chances are shot. Well, they say that the whole world gets its time from Greenwich, but Greenwich, they say, gets its time from Admiral Boom. Is that, like, a dancer or something? It, uh, is he human or is he dancer? No one knows the secret passions of Admiral Boom. Oh, he sounds uh, like he just kind of like sits on you. I don't know. This is what I'm imagining is an admiral who like sits on you and says, boom. Yup. That's his move. That is the ultimate sex move. Admiral boom. Uh huh. He puts on his big tri-corner hat and his big tricolor Neapolitan ice cream bib. He sits on you. He says, boom. And, uh, that's uh, jazz. (laughs) Okay. Enough out of this nonsense. It's time to move on with our lives. I've got some editing to do, and I also need to get some sleeping in because I have not slept very much for the past couple of days. Uh, Hmm. And I also need to offload a bunch of the footage that I shot today. So that's going to keep me busy. And I'm not sure if you need sleep, too. You seem like you might be delirious, but that just might be normal, James. Delirious Matthew is one of John Candy's highlights, and we need to watch it. But uh, do do your wrap-up, and then we'll wrap you up like a mummy. All right. Well, we've wasted just about enough time uh, of everybody else's, so now it's time for me to do some chopping and jumping and sleeping in song. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, as always, let me know your thoughts on Twitter. I'm at Matt Baum. You can also follow along with my European adventure there and on Instagram at Matt Baum. Uh, of course, you can leave a review for the show. I'm always delighted when people leave reviews on iTunes and on Amazon. You can get the book, uh, Defining Marriage or at DefiningMarriage.com. Oh my goodness, so much and so little at the same time. Everybody, by the power vested in me by the internet, I hereby pronounce this podcast over. <laughs>